0: Uh, last week we talked about um, uh, going deeper. Uh, the, Jesus asks uh, Peter to take the the boat into the deep water. They go fishing and they have an incredible catch. and And really, that whole story is is about the the presence of God, and it's about how, uh, in that moment, uh, they see Jesus. Peter sees Jesus, and he sees himself, and he, you know, everything is starting to, to really come into focus. And so we're gonna push on a little further uh, the next of Luke chapter 5 and uh, beginning at verse 12 I think it'll be up on the screen while Jesus was in one of the towns a man came along who was covered with leprosy when he saw Jesus he fell with his face to the ground and begged him "Uh, Lord if you're willing you can make me clean Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I'm I'm willing, he said. Uh, Be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Then Jesus ordered him, don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Yet the news about him spread all the more so that the crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. One day Jesus was teaching and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried uh, to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When the crowd could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, uh, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy, who who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say, uh, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he he had been lying on and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, "We have seen remarkable things today." Now let's pray. Lord, you truly are remarkable. Uh, and we uh, we feel like that in in many ways we have seen You today. And uh, we celebrate who you are. We celebrate uh, all that you want to do. And uh, we invite you to continue uh, in this place to have your way, uh, to do what you want to do. Uh, We don't want to resist you in any way. Uh, We want to yield to you. We want to yield to you in the places where it's comfortable. We want to yield to you in places that are uncomfortable. We want to yield to you in everything in between Um, and say yes to you and all that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So uh, they've had this fishing trip, and after the fishing trip, uh, Jesus is. Uh, in one of the nearby towns, and he's doing what, what he does. He's doing his thing. He's going, he's teaching, and he's healing, healing the sick, and that's that's kind of what, what he does. And he heals, in this particular passage, he heals a leper and he heals a paralytic. Uh, two, two men who are separated from God, and they're separated from God, and their separation from God is, is a little bit different. Now, they both have physical uh, ailments, uh, but one of them, because he's a leper, is separated really from God legally, he can't, he's not allowed to enter uh, into the temple because of his sickness, because he's a leper, he's not even allowed to come into contact with other people, so worship is out of the question for him, he can't come to the church or to the synagogue and and, uh, engage in what's going on there, and then the paralytic is, is, you know, he's separated from God physically, because of his ailment, he can't get there unless somebody helps him, unless somebody brings him, he physically cannot uh, come to participate uh, in worship now the first thing that happens in the story that is so uh, crazy and, and out of the box is that uh, Jesus is approached by the leper it's, it's not allowed uh, the Bible actually says uh, that he was covered with leprosy or he was full of leprosy now the, the word here the Greek word for le, for leprosy or, or for leper, doesn't necessarily mean leprosy it's not limited to what what we would think of as leprosy it it really means any skin disease so it could be anything uh, any skin disease it covers a kind of a multitude of, of ailments ranging all the way from Hansen's disease which is kind of what we think of with with leprosy uh, it could be even something like lupus or psoriasis uh, even, even ringworm you know it, just any kind of Uh, skin disease or skin ailment. Now, the significant thing, though, about this particular uh, passage is that it says he was full of leprosy or he was covered with leprosy. So whatever it is that he has specifically, it's extreme. It's not, you know, like something minor. It's it's something pretty severe. Um, And so the Old Testament gives specific instructions for people in his condition. And, and the conditions are that you have to stay away from people. You have to kind of isolate yourself and separate yourself uh, to keep from infecting other people. Um, but also, you have to warn people. If, if you see, if you're walking and you see people that you think may, you know, cross your path or whatever, you have to warn them. You have to yell out, uh, unclean. You have to announce yourself. Uh, actually renounce yourself uh, unclean unclean even sometimes they would carry sticks that they would beat together to, to warn people uh, of their condition now so so they're ostracized isolated couldn't be with people couldn't attend worship and the leper approaches Jesus which which is really not allowed uh, he's not supposed to do that but he but he does it uh, he has confidence in the ability of Jesus to heal him. That's why he goes to him. That's why he bows down before Jesus. He has confidence in the ability of Jesus to heal him. But what he doesn't have is he doesn't have confidence in the willingness of Jesus. And that's really not a statement against Jesus. It's a statement about what he thinks about himself. Uh, He he doesn't think he deserves healing. Maybe he thinks he's not good enough or maybe he thinks he's beyond mercy or possibly he thinks Jesus is is too busy and has other more important things uh, to do. Uh, But still, he has the courage to take the step and and put himself before Jesus. Uh, And Jesus responds... By doing something also that is not allowed, so he approaches Jesus, which is, he's not supposed to do, and then Jesus touches him, which he's not supposed to do. So he really does the unthinkable, and then Jesus does two things. He first he declares uh, his willingness. You know, the man says, "I, you know, I know you can if you will, if you're willing. I know you can if you are willing." And Jesus first declares his willingness. He says, "I'm willing." And then he declares his healing. He says, you're clean. I'm willing. Be clean. Now, there's no way for us, just from reading this passage, there's no way for us to know how long it's been since this man has been touched. I mean, just think about that. Um, if he's been touched recently, it was by another leper. Uh, but it's, it's, there's no way, really, of knowing how long it's been since he had significant life-giving uh, from another human being. And so Jesus not only restores his health, uh, he restores his dignity. Uh, he gives him value by touching him. And, and the truth is, all of us need to be touched. We need to be touched by other people. Uh, none of us needs to be isolated, pushed out in a corner, you know, in a place by ourselves. We all... Yeah. Got it? Go. Okay. We all need to be touched by other people, but more than anything... Uh, we need the touch of Jesus. Uh, we need to be touched by him. And, and this, this person, he knows it. And he's pressing into it. And he's willing to take chances. You know, he, he could have been just you know, run out of town. He could have been run out of town for what he did. But he's willing to take the chance because he knows what he needs. And, and so after healing him, Jesus tells him not to tell anyone. And you know, just to go and be examined by the priest. Uh, go get checked out uh, by the priest so that he can verify uh, that you're clean and and you can re-enter society and so um, what I don't know if he tells obviously somebody tells uh, because the next thing we see is that the crowds are, are bigger than ever and the people are, are pressing in and, and wanting healing and and every time it seems that um, Jesus popularity gets, you know kind of to the catalytic point he he goes somewhere else. I think that Jesus may have been a Methodist um because every time the church gets to a certain place you know they move you. And uh, and so Jesus, you know, he his his ministry is growing and people are pressing in they, they're looking for more from him and and he he goes off by himself. Verse 16 says Jesus went by himself and prayed. And and Luke in particular Puts a lot of emphasis on that. Talks about how Jesus was, was prone to, to steal time away, to go and find a, a private place to pray. I think there are six different times in the Gospel of Luke where he highlights the importance of Jesus' prayer life. Um, so some time passes then, and, and Jesus uh, is teaching in someone's home. And verse 17 says that the power of the Lord was present for him to heal the sick. And I, I think that's a really interesting phrase. The power of the Lord was present for him to heal the sick. Because it kind of begs the question were there times when it wasn't? You know, why would, why would Luke say this? The, the, the presence of the Lord or the power of the Lord was present for the healing of the sick. Why would he say that specifically about this time if, if uh, there weren't times when, when maybe it wasn't? And we know that Jesus himself said of Nazareth, that he wasn't able to do very many miracles there because of their unbelief. And so there seems to be, you know, a connection between uh, the release of God's power to heal and the willingness on our part to, to believe God for that and to really press into that. And so I think that, you know, one of the reasons why we've seen people healed here and, and especially on, on Thursday nights, which is that this week or yeah, especially on uh, Thursday night night of healing prayer is that uh, we have, have taken a stance that we, we believe that that's what God wants to do. We believe that God wants to heal and we're, we're believing him to do that and so he loves to come here and show up in that way because he's welcome to do that here. Now, I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm reading through the commentary last week about this particular passage and you know what the commentary said? We know that this, Kind of healing does not happen today. I just threw it across the room. I didn't I didn't break anything. But I mean, really. Oh well. So um some time passes. Jesus is teaching in someone's home, and uh, verse seventeen, the power of the Lord was present for him to heal the sick. And so, these four men have a friend who needs healing. He's he's paralyzed. He can't bring himself there, and so they take it upon themselves to bring him. And we've we've talked about this story before, where they they tear up somebody's roof uh, to get him uh, their friend in front of Jesus. And this is the point I want to focus on today: is that Jesus saw their faith. Verse 20 says, when Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. Uh, so two, two points. One is that he, the faith that he saw was the friend's faith. It's not even the man who he heals. It's his friends. He sees the faith of his friends. But then the second point is that he saw their faith. Jesus saw it. So how do you see faith? How do you see faith? I mean, we talk about faith being an inward thing. It's a, you know, it's a belief, it's a trust. It's, it's a, you know, it's not outward, but it, but it is outward. It's, it's an inward something that expresses itself outwardly. And so you see faith when it's expressed. And these men express their faith by bringing their friend and putting him before Jesus. And so Jesus sees their faith. Uh, it's not enough just to believe, uh, we have to have a belief that, that expresses, that results in, in some action. That's why James says, you know, show me your works. And, and we certainly, you know, we're not, we're not looking into, we're not believing a works uh, theology or a works salvation where you earn things. But what we are believing and, and endorsing is that when you have faith, when the spirit of God is in you, it's not just for you right, uh, and he will cause you to do stuff, right, he will cause you to do stuff, we had a guy come here last week, last Sunday morning, who gave his life to Jesus, right up here in the front, last Sunday, and the reason he was here is because one of our people shared Jesus with him in the marketplace. And told him that he should come here. And so when push came to shove in his life and he needed what she was offering, he came. And God made sure he got here. It's kind of a crazy story. He's, he decided to come. He's driving from a pretty far distance, an hour away and driving. And he doesn't remember the name of the church. He just knows it's on Barrett Parkway, which it's not, but he just, <laughs> but he knows he knows Barrett Parkway, and so he's going to go to Barrett Parkway, and um, and then he decides he changes his mind, and he's going to go instead to the Flying Biscuit, and I just I love the Flying Biscuit, but we're way better than the Flying Biscuit, and uh, so he he's going to go to the Flying Biscuit and get breakfast, and as he's about to get off the interstate, a school this is a Sunday, a school bus passes him. And he notices the school bus, it's, it's the high school that he went to, but it's also the high school that that girl went to. And that was their, kind of the connection they had in their conversation is that they went to the same high school. And so when he sees the bus go by, he's like, I think, I guess I'm supposed to go to church and not flying biscuit. <laughs> and he comes here and gets saved. So yeah, it's pretty crazy. so all of that is to say you know God is pursuing that man but God is using this girl also who's willing to have a faith that you can see pretty awesome so Jesus then says um, you know after he sees their faith he declares that the man's sins are forgiven which is kind of a big deal because only God can forgive sin and so the The Pharisees, people that are watching, the religious leaders, they're a little stirred up by that. And they, you know, say, who can forgive sin? Only God can forgive sin. How can he do this? And Jesus asked an interesting question. He said, which one is harder? Which is more difficult, to forgive sins or to tell the man to get up and walk? So which one do you think is more difficult? Anybody? How long have you all known me? How long you known me? Long time? Don't you know this is a trick question? You knew that. That's why you weren't quick to answer. It's a trick question. You know why? Because they're both impossible. It's not even a question of which one is more difficult. And Jesus does this kind of stuff all the time. Because his sense of humor, in case you didn't know, is almost exactly like mine. Both of them are impossible. They can't forgive sin. No one can forgive sin except God, and no one can heal this paralytic except God. So Jesus, which one do you think? Which one do you think? He's just asking their opinion. Which one do you think is more, more difficult? They give you know, and then he does both because he's the only one in the room who can do either, and he does them both. So, here are, the, here are the things that we want to carry out of this, this story, these 14, 15 verses. Number one is Jesus cares about those who've been pushed out. Jesus cares about those who've been pushed out. The lepers were the least of these in their society, the paralytics were completely helpless. Jesus cares about those who've been pushed out, pushed to the edges. Uh, it feels like nobody else cares about. Ayani, she felt lonely. She felt, like, she felt lonely. She had people around her, and she still felt alone. And Jesus came after her because he didn't want her to feel lonely. And, and if you feel lonely, God is, is coming for you. If you feel hopeless or, or helpless, God is coming for you. If you feel like you've been pushed to the, to the edges, like, like you, don't, you don't have a story, you don't have a voice, your life is not important, you don't have value, you, you, know, you just kind of exist. No purpose, no meaning. God is coming for you because he loves to take things and people who feel unvalued and just raise them up to a place of of value, to put them in a a place even of prominence. Uh, That's the way he works. Uh, He loves the least, and and he, he, he loves for his people the love the least so if you've been pushed to the edge God's calling you to the front uh, and then the leper uh, the leper struggled over the willingness of Jesus uh, sometimes we fall into this mindset that Jesus does things for for this person or that person but not for me you know we think Jesus will you know he's healing everywhere except here or he's, you know, providing for everyone except me. Or he's, you know, he's working in other people's lives but but not mine. And And we think in our minds when we say things like that, we think that we're making a statement about ourselves. But we're not. We're actually making a statement about God. And it's not a nice statement. Because what we're saying is, that everything in the kingdom is merit-based when we think that way, and it's not. Uh, The kingdom does not operate based on who you are. The kingdom operates based on who he is and what he's like, okay? And so if you have fallen into that ditch of he'll help everyone but me, If you think that that is a statement of humility or even a statement of identity, well, it probably is a statement of identity, but it's not the identity that God has chosen for you. He he loves you. He has pursued you. And he wants to give to you not based on who you are, but based on who he is. And that's, that's that's pretty good news, pretty good news. So uh, we're going to do something with that in a minute. Um, 11, 18, what do you all want to do next? <laughs> worship? Yeah, worship will be good. Um, why don't we do this? While the worship team, Austin? Where you at? They want to worship, and I kind of do too. So while the worship team is coming back up here, um, let's take up an offering. Um, so if you got a, if you're like on the left hand side, the end end of an aisle, the left hand end of an aisle, there's a basket under your. Once you grab that, and uh, let me just pray, and then you can pass those, and. Uh, um, let me be very clear about offering. Um, what you put in this basket is not—it's not for Riverstone, and it's not for you. This is an, it's an act of worship. This is an act of worship, and uh, since since the beginning of time, really, God has incorporated offerings. In worship. Uh, He obviously, apparently, he is very serious about offerings uh, because they've always been a part of what he does. And so I just want to encourage you to participate with him in that. Uh, Don't give so that Riverstone can pay the light bill. We can worship in the dark, don't give because you think if you do, God will bless you, give you something back. Although, He may. But give because He is worthy of being worshipped, through offerings, through sacrifice, through tithes, through everything. Okay, does that make sense? Y'all go with that? Okay. So, let me pray, and this will be a this is this won't be an ancient prayer. This will be like a 2020 prayer. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to give today. And uh, we just pray that you would take what we offer. Uh, Lord, really what we have it is it's temporal. Um, it's not a big deal but you can turn it into something. You can take dollars and and checks and offerings like that, and you can turn them into opportunities to reach the lost and and to heal the sick and and to go to the nations. And and so we pray that you would take uh, the nothing that we put into the plate and turn it into everything, that you would press it down and cause it to run over so that you will be glorified. And we pray that in, in Jesus' name. Amen. You can pass those baskets uh, that to the right. That would be great. I'm going to ask our teams to go ahead and come up here. And I know it's kind of hard sometimes during worship to hear up here. And so I'm going to give some specific directions on how to come for prayer and maybe you'll be able to pray for people without talking to them which sometimes is okay so pay attention here Far my to my far left pardon oh yeah we'll get to that in a minute to my far left if you want uh, if you need salvation, you've never said yes to the Lord, never given your heart to Him, or, you're, or, or you feel you, you have, but you feel like you didn't, that's you over here, okay? Kind of more towards the center. If you, want, if you say today, you know what I really need is I need a fresh impartation of the Holy Spirit, then that's the middle. That's like from, from Lynn Sanders over here to Doreen, Okay? Y'all you know, raise your hand, Doreen, Lynn. There you go. All right. And then on the far side over there, if you need physical healing, um, then go over there, down there on that end, for physical healing. Okay? All right. Once you stand, we're going to worship for a bit. And um, if, if what you need is not covered by any of those three things, um, come come right here kneel and we'll we'll pray for you okay all right and uh, y'all stick around we'll we'll show you a cool video in a few minutes lord we love you and we love the way you work and we love the way sometimes you just totally rearrange things and uh, we thank you for that Uh, move here right now in this place in this time holy spirit holy spirit change people never the same again, never the same again. In Jesus' name, amen.